for the 33rd time. I'm not Joe Flacco. This is not Joe Flacco, the podcast. You know, I this this specific episode, it's 2 in the morning Pacific time right now. So some of you are just about to wake up if you're out on the East Coast. This podcast took me a while to pull together because, you know, I posted about Jerry. I posted about Jerry yesterday about how he's the goat, and obviously that gets the gets the Randy Moss people going, and that gets me going. And I'm sitting there going, I'm looking at these fucking comments, and I'm like, ah, these fucking morons. Like, you know, bringing up Jerry got to play with two Hall of Famers. Yeah, but you can't hold that against Jerry. Randy Moss didn't play with bums. People forget just how good Dante Culpepper was. And then I start going, man, you really want to know who didn't get to play with fucking a really good quarterback for the majority of his career? That's Tim Brown. Then all of a sudden I'm sitting here, I'm doing the research on Culpepper. I'm doing the research on Tim Brown. I'm sitting there going like, oh, I know what I should do. I should do underrated week. And I'll just pick a quarterback. And I'll just go through the positions all week. And I'll do I'll just do that all week. And then I'm looking at this fucking thing and I'm like, how the fuck am I going to get 20 minutes or half an hour out of just telling people how underrated Tim Brown is? So I said, you know what? I'm going to pick a team. So I got five guys, quarterback, running back, two wide receivers, and a tight end. Only one of them ever played for the 49ers. So I did my best. Um... <laughs> Only one of them ever played for the Fournier's. But so here's my five guys. It's not quite my all underrated team. It's not necessarily the guys that so don't come bitching at me if I forgot somebody. These are just five guys I think you guys should hear about, should know about, should be able to, you know, it's like listen, if you want to impress somebody with your football knowledge or something else, these are five names that you should absolutely be able to talk about so that you know, you get a little bit more, get your, you know, get your, your football knowledge cred up. Anyway, so it's Dante Culpepper, Tim Brown, and then there's three more. Hope you like it. Love you. Make sure you go uh, write a review, leave a rating, make sure you subscribe to the pod. Let's get into it right now. All right, ladies and gentlemen. So as, as I mentioned, going to be going over I don't want to call this the all underrated team or anything else. These are just five. Yeah. Five guys that I've come across that I think deserve a little bit more attention uh, or they're borderline hall of famers. One guy's even in the hall of fame. um, And one guy's just had a career that has just kind of snuck under the radar. Not for me because he's a former 49er, but um, I promise this list is not filled with former 49ers. So just want to jump in. We'll start with the quarterback. And and I, I, I almost did the entire pod around this quarterback. And it's because, you know, I made a post today about uh, Jerry Rice being the greatest of all time. That obviously elicits a bunch of you clowns talking about how Randy Moss is actually the best wide receiver of all time. You're wrong. I'm not going to get into that. But one of the arguments that comes up when I'm talking about Rice in particular is the fact that he played with two Hall of Famers. And 
that's an easy cop out, you know, for 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 the folks making that argument. I think it's impossible to to tease out, you know, who's more responsible, QBs or wide receivers. I think that's what stats are for. It's like it's a team sport. You guys went out, you did this, this, and this. Good for you. I don't think I, I don't like playing the hypothetical game. I'd much rather look at guys like I'm going to look at right now and be like, okay, what what did we miss out on? You know, how good was this guy for this short period of time? And the guy that gets swept under the rug in in all of this and doesn't get any of the there, there's no conversation around just how fucking good this guy was was Dante Culpepper who the he was coming both he and Drew Brees were coming off an injury the year that and they were both free agents at the same time and Nick Saban was the coach in Miami and Culpepper went to Miami and Drew Brees was kind of like second choice uh, and he ended up going to the Saints and we know how that worked out but Culpepper prior to that because after he left Minnesota Culpepper only threw for 4,000 yards or less than 4,000 yards the rest of his career but while he was in Minnesota, he threw for 20 th- for between years two and seven, because he, he only played like a game his rookie year. So from year two to seven, 20,000 yards passing and 164 total touchdowns, 29 rushing, 135 passing. So in case you want to just kind of get a feel for how good that is, the only other guys that have done that during those same years of their career, so year two to seven, we're talking 20,000 yards and 135 passing touchdowns, Peyton Manning, Dan Marino, Brett Favre, Tom Brady, Boomer Esiason, Dante Culpepper. Now, I left out some of the more recent guys because it's a different era, and it's kind of the, you've got the Staffords and the Matt Ryans, and there was just too big a list. So if you just look at all the guys drafted prior to 2005, that's really great fucking company. And a real shame that, you know, it's like Manning, obviously a long Hall of Fame career, Marino, long Hall of Fame career, Favre, long Hall of Fame career, Brady, long Hall of Fame career, Esiason, borderline Hall of Fame career, but a long one. And Culpepper got his short, his cut short. So don't, whenever you're talking about Randy Moss, don't, you know, make sure you go and look up Dante Culpepper. And and don't play yourself. Don't think for that it was Randy dragging him along. Because in 2004, when Randy Moss was banged up, hamstring strain, things like that, Culpepper threw for 4,700 yards and 39 touchdowns. And Nate Burleson was his leading receiver with 1,000 yards. So this guy was not dependent on Randy Moss. He was a fucking stud in his own right. Anyway, so Dante Culpepper is my QB you need to know slash don't fucking forget about this guy. The running back on my list 
is Fred Taylor. Old Jaguars running back. He's he's got, he's sneakily got over 11,000 yards rushing in his career. And nobody talks about this guy when you're talking about the best running backs of all time. But his 4.6 yards per carry for his career is phenomenal and outstrips a bunch of guys that you do talk about all the time. Uh, and, And he did all this with Jacksonville in the fucking wasteland of Jackson, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Though they had some good years with Brunel and he played, he had a, he had some few, he had a few playoff games. Played in uh, eight playoff games. So it's like, it's not that he was on trash teams, but nobody talks about the history of the Jacksonville Jaguars. But 11,000 yards rushing and a 4.6 yards per carry. Fred Taylor, do not let anybody tell you that Fred did. Like, you, you can, you will impress some people bringing up Fred Taylor when you talk about underrated running backs of all time. Because he is absolutely right up there with any of the all time greats and just doesn't get talked about nearly enough. Now, I picked two wide receivers. And I'll talk about one of them in a little bit more detail. Well, we'll start with we'll start with Andre Johnson. I'm not going to go into as much detail with Andre Johnson because I think most of you are, are familiar with him. But Andre's 11th all time in receiving yards, which was a surprise even to me. He led the league twice in receptions and yards. He's a two time All Pro, which is more than a lot of guys can say. And he's a seven-time Pro Bowler. But I almost I, I, I had to stretch this podcast out one more to add him in. Because the guy that I really wanted to talk about was Tim Brown. Tim Brown is the guy that when you say, this, this receiver never played with anybody, never had a good quarterback. Tim Brown was 33 before he got a really good quarterback throwing him the ball. And a good offense, and a really good offense for him to be in. On top of that, through his first five years in his in uh, of his career, he only started 11 games. It was nine in his, his rookie year. One, he tore up his knee on, uh, on a kickoff, I think on a kickoff return, on opening day of his second of his sophomore year. Then only started one other game until year six. And still ends up in the top 10 of all the receiving categories. Probably, you know, so in terms of getting shafted at the beginning of his career, then on top of that, not getting to play, I mean, from... 28 to 33, one Pro Bowl quarterback, and his name was Jeff Hostetler. You haven't heard of him. I know you haven't. But he went to the Pro Bowl one year. 
Then he had to wait till Rich Gannon and John Gruden came around. And Rich Gannon ended up winning an MVP and two first-team All-Pros. But Tim Brown was already 33 when he got there. This was not a 8, 10, 12-year quarterback and wide receiver relationship. And then halfway through, Jerry Rice shows up. But Tim Brown was the first wide receiver to ever win the Heisman Trophy. So think about that. He wins the Heisman Trophy. Starts nine games his rookie year. But then only two for the next four. So this guy had bust written all over him. He was basically just a kick returner. Except for, I mean, he had 43 catches his rookie year and averaged almost 17 yards a catch, which is fucking phenomenal. Tears two ligaments in his second in the second season. And again, only starts two more games the rest of the year. If you just look at a receiver's sixth to fourteenth year, so basically when when Tim Brown just finally got to get going, right? And finally started to actually start games. He's fourth all time in receptions, second all time in yards, sixth all time in touchdowns for those for those years. Now, obviously, he's on the career leaderboards because he played a long time. He was a hell of a fucking receiver. But, I mean, he's top five all time if you just look at his peak compared to, you know, similar years for everybody else. So don't sleep on Tim Brown. And definitely don't let anybody don't let anybody tell you that Larry Fitzgerald had it tough or Randy Moss had it tough. Tim Brown had it probably the worst of any of the top 10 quarter uh, 10 wide receivers of all time when you factor in how long it took his career to get started, how the talent of the guys thrown in the ball, and the fact that there was no other help on that team. I mean his quarterbacks were Jay Schrader, Jeff Hostetler, and then Rich Gannon. And you don't even think, I know you don't even think of Rich Gannon as some kind of all-time Quarterback, but he won an MVP and went and two first team all pros. He that John Gruden Raiders offense was a beast. But that came at the tail end of his career. But in between then, Tim Brown was a monster. The tight end I picked. The tight end I picked, like I said, is is near and dear to my heart. Um I I could have put 49ers on here a couple other places, but I wanted to, I wanted to, um, you know, spare you guys as much of the 49er stuff as possible. But I was looking for tight ends, and so I pulled up career tight end yardage numbers on ProFootballReference.com, and sure, Vernon Davis is in the top ten all time, and I could have talked about him, but I don't really like Vernon Davis. He always just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Immensely grateful for uh, the Vernon Post catch against the Saints, but that's about it. And Heath Miller was boring. And then a bunch of these other guys are still playing. Jeremy Shockey was an asshole. Ben Watson still playing. And then I get to Delaney Walker, who I did not realize is 16th all-time in tight end yards. That blew me away. He's He's got 5,888 
all-time yards. And over 500 receptions, 504 receptions. And only started like 100 games. He was that, for the, for the first bunch of years of his career, he was the backup to Vernon Davis. And the Niners had to pick basically between Vernon Davis and Delaney Walker, and they picked Vernon Davis, and they probably should have picked Delaney Walker. He was a wide receiver. He was a big, thick wide receiver in college, so they turned him into kind of like the H-back, you know, too bigger than a fullback, but, you know, smaller than a tight end kind of thing. And he ended up having a fantastic career to the point where he's on this list, he's 11th all time in yards per reception for, for tight ends. So just another guy that I think is underrated, not going to make the hall of fame, but definitely a guy that is underrated when, when you think about, you know, the top 20 tight ends of all time. So, so there's my, there's my list. Dante Culpepper, Fred Taylor, Andre Johnson, Tim Brown, and Delaney Walker. Not necessarily my all underrated list, but definitely guys that don't spring to mind. Probably unless you're a fan of one of their teams. But the guys that don't spring to mind in terms of like, hey, these guys had some really nice fucking careers. And again, either Hall of Famers, borderline Hall of Famers, or, you know, in Culpepper's case, you know, I think we really did miss out on a Hall of Fame career. Anyways, thanks for listening. Talk to you tomorrow. If you've made it this far, I appreciate it. I hope you liked what I had to say. If you didn't like it, I hope you come back next week and hear more of the stupid shit that comes out of my mouth. Thanks for listening. Go ahead, like, subscribe, review. Whatever you got to do, help me get that podcast clout. Thanks, guys.